This is the Hash Podcast. Stay informed with the latest on Bitcoin, ETH, the metaverse, Web3, and more. All on the Hash for your ears. You're listening to the Coindesk Podcast Network. Hey there. Happy Monday. Welcome to Coindesk TV. It's the Hash. I'm Zach Sewer. We've got Wendy O. And we got Will Foxley. And we are talking about Bitcoin. Let's start off with some Bitcoin talk. Wendy, can you start us off with some Bitcoin talk? Yes, we actually closed above $25,200 support and flipped it into resistance. And I'm excited. And the current crypto cap, including Bitcoin, is currently at about $1.13 trillion. So yay. And of course, open interest in Bitcoin futures hits yearly high of $12 billion, which makes sense because we have some positive price action. So the dollar value locked in the number of open Bitcoin future contracts is on the rise. CoinGlass data shows the nominal value of open interest has reached a yearly high of $12 billion, and that's a 7% gain this month, which again, makes sense. Positive price action. Increase in open interest means new money is flowing into the market, but doesn't reveal whether traders are positioning for gains or losses. For that, you can actually check. Um, there's a liquidation website you can check. I forget what the name of it is offhand, but it'll show you who is getting wrecked. But anyways. For Bitcoin, new money seems to be getting in on gains considering the funding rate or the cost of holding bullish long bear short positions has flipped into green after spending most of the early parts of the Asia trading day in the red. And positive funding rates usually indicate a bullish trend as long as positions compensate short positions. I know that is a mouthful, but I'm excited about Bitcoin prices. Everybody else excited? Is Bitcoin going to a million dollars? <laughs> What's going on, Will? I see you smiling here. <laughs> I just love the trade action here this morning. And Bitcoin might go to a million dollars one day. We'll talk about that later. There's some interesting notes for this morning. So Bitcoin's at its highest level in the last nine months, highest trading volume since FTX collapsed, and the highest DC ETH ratio since July of 2022. So it's going through those numbers a little bit quickly here. It's weird to see Bitcoin go up so much in the midst of like this bank crisis we're seeing unfolding, in the midst of crypto also just being in the grips of winter. We're seeing Bitcoin pop back up. Also seeing trading volume climb back up. FTX was a huge exchange. A lot of people seem to forget that in the midst of all of this collapse and contagion going on. FTX was a great spot to trade Bitcoin. And since it disappeared off the face of the earth, a lot of people have been looking for other venues to trade Bitcoin. And a lot of people who were trading Bitcoin are no longer trading Bitcoin. But we are seeing trading volumes pop back up for the first time since November when FTX went under. For the last point, the BTC ETH ratio Definitely something to keep an eye on. I know that traders like Wendy like to watch that ratio. Basically, it's an like argument like, do I want to hold money in Bitcoin or do I want to hold it in altcoins? Zach, I want to throw it over to you. Get your thoughts on this. Wild. Bitcoin. It's in the news. It is uh, seen as an alternative to these banking collapses. Whether that's real or not, still TBD, right? Are people really self-custodying their Bitcoin? Are they really stashing the Bitcoins in the, in the mattress as a safety valve toward future bank collapses? I don't know, but the mood is there. And potentially also, there's the possibility of quantitative easing coming back into the fold in the US and elsewhere, right? Where the money printer turns back on, people are more amenable to putting some of their funds in riskier assets. And therefore, people, Balaji included, we'll get to that in a second, are seeing the sky's the limit for Bitcoin's price and potentially accelerating even more greatly towards the end of this year. So it is fascinating to watch. Bitcoin, I think, had been sort of a bit quiet of late. And now here it is just rip roaring in the headlines all sorts of activity in terms of futures interest, in terms of price action, all sorts of stuff around the orange coin. Pretty wild to see. 
Will, saw your hand. I'm tossing it your way. So Kaiko is a great research firm out there that I encourage everyone to go take a look at their stuff. Not an ad at all because it's just real good stuff out there. And they track market depth. Market depth is basically an understanding of how much Bitcoin can I trade for USD values on the open markets out there. And one thing that's really interesting is that since November, we've seen about half the market depth we have before FTX collapsed. Right now, that market depth is climbing up a little bit with more people coming back into the fold and willing to trade and these markets becoming more liquid. But at the same time, we have about half the depth that we did in November. So what does that really mean for price action? Well, it means that like, if there's not a lot of liquidity, markets are actually pretty thin. And we're going to see more volatility to the upside and to the downside. So if I'm looking at this right now, like I do think that there is a little bit of that where there's not a lot of places to trade. When you buy Bitcoin somewhere, it's going to increase or decrease prices more than you would think on a normal day because there's not a lot of people buying at a given time. So you're going to see more volatility. Wendy, I'll throw it over to you to get your thoughts on that. Well, it kind of depends. There's a lot of important information. Like it's like we need to know what what people are doing with their Bitcoin. Are they actually trading it? Are they putting it onto cold storage? Are they leaving it on exchanges? What exchanges they're using? So there's a lot of data that we still need to know. But I'm just very excited to be in the moment, <laughs> to be in the absolute moment and watch this happen, especially while we have this banking crisis happen in the USA. I mean, me, when I'm seeing all this predatory stuff happen with the banks, and then see Bitcoin absolutely melt faces, that's exciting for me because I think that that's the true intent and purpose of Bitcoin. It could be a silent protest for some people. It could be a way for them to kind of take back their freedom, take back their liberty. And you don't just have to trade Bitcoin to participate in the economy. Bitcoin could be whatever it is you want it to be, including Bitcoin ordinals. Zach. <laughs> ordinals. We didn't even talk about ordinals. That was the original Ooh. kickstart of this buzz. And then all this macro stuff happened and it was like ordinals plus like banking failure equals Bitcoin through the roof. Pretty crazy. Anyway, it is wild to see at a time when there are still some lingering fears that cashing out some of these crypto assets into dollars, specifically in the US, may be increasingly under threat. So that is something to toss on the table as a potential downside. Wendy, I got to give you the last word. Really quickly, if you're trading altcoins, there's euphoria in the market. Please have a trading or investing plan. You do not want to get caught holding the bag and you should not be tracing green candles. Not financial advice, just my opinion. And also too, the liquidation website was in fact CoinGlass. I'm a little bit under the weather, so got that cold head over here. But Zach, tell us what's going on next, please. I will. We still need to do the don't go chasing waterfalls, don't go chasing green, <laughs> green candles, TLC homage one day, one day. Changing gears. We're talking about Bitcoin. We're talking about maybe the bullish prospects for Bitcoin. Perhaps none more bullish than this bet that was accepted over the weekend, offered up by former Coinbase CEO, Balaji Srinivasan, big time thinker in crypto and beyond. And he's saying that Bitcoin price will hit $1 million in the next 90 days. That's something like June 17th by my count. And he took this bet with two folks. So he has $2 million on the line to see if Bitcoin can hit a million dollars in price in mere months. All right, a lot of people were talking about this over the weekend, seemed a bit foolhardy, seemed a bit strange even, but Balaji has been right before and he may be right again. Famously, he kind of called COVID prior to it really hitting and shutting down the world. So these are certainly these, uh, these big bets that Balaji is known to attach his personal brand to, and we're seeing a big bet with a big number attached to the Bitcoin price. Let's get Gigabrain on this one. Will, what do you make of this? What's the point of this? Throw is the this, Wendy. Throw is the this Wendy. silly? I'll, I'll take what is, it. What is I'll going on? It. Wendy, what's happening? 
First off, put some respect on John McAfee's name. All right, guys, put some respect on his name because (laughs) he was one of the original people out there. First off, John McAfee, RIP, he walked that walk of living in a true decentralized economy. And if you guys don't know who he is, go research him. I'm not going to say what bet that he placed, but he placed a similar bet that Bitcoin was going to hit $1 million per Bitcoin. It didn't end up coming to fruition. But, but, but. Oh, what, um, what were the ter- Wait, wait. What were the terms of that bet? Wait, what? What would he do with a, that? This is a PG show. It's a this family is a, show. Okay. This is a family okay. show. Okay. Okay. So basically, he said he was going to eat a lot of hot dogs if Bitcoin oh, um, mm-hmm. didn't hit $1 million by, I think it was 2020. I don't remember. But anyways. I think that this is an outlandish prediction. I'm not seeing it happen. I'm not. And one of the tweets that I made about this is we have the United States bank banking system collapsing. Most people have no idea the banking system is collapsing. I walked into a Chase bank to open up another account. The teller asked her boss, why are so many people taking cash out? The fact that we had somebody work at a bank that had no idea what was happening in the banking system tells you all you need to know. On top of it, most Americans don't know how to use Bitcoin. And then we have all of this predatory regulation attacking exchanges. That is the, you know, the initial on and off ramp for Bitcoin. So I'm just not seeing fundamentally how this could hit $1 million. But again, if it does, I will be very, very happy. A lot of my problems in life will disappear. Zach. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it certainly cements. And yeah, I saw, these, I saw these tweets out there like, oh, this, just, this is a million dollars to cement Balaji as the main character over the next three months. And I think people will be watching this pretty closely, right? It's a very ballsy move, to say the least, and with a hat tip to Mr. McAfee. That one, I think, is, you know, it's really fascinating to see if this is going to come to pass, right? We've seen these bullish calls before. I think Kathy Wood has attached some really big numbers to what Bitcoin's price will be. This one, obviously, given the short duration, we're talking June here, is going to be really fascinating to see unfold. And I guess if it does indeed hit a million dollars per coin, there are likely to be significant other problems in the financial system and beyond if ultimately this is sort of a flight to safety type type bet. So anyway, I don't know. Seems silly. Seems like it might not hit. It could. It could be a chance. Could happen. I don't know. Will, what, what, do you, what are you thinking? What are you taking? What side of the bet are you taking on this? I think when life would get a lot more troublesome if Bitcoin went to a million dollars. Like I think a lot of things in the US would fall apart if we saw a flight to Bitcoin that quick and that fast. There's a lot of things that are going to go wrong if that occurs. Like the entire banking system would have to collapse. A lot of people would be rushing the doors of Bitcoin trying to get more sat. I think I agree with what you said, Zach, and what a lot of people have been saying on Twitter. Like, this is the most expensive Twitter ad ever purchased. He's definitely getting a lot of traction out there. It's time for Blasio to be in the spotlight again. And for good reason, right? There's a lot of things happening in the banking sector right now. I do hope Bitcoin goes to a million dollars, but I hope it's like in an orderly fashion where everyone can onboard to Bitcoin in a safe way and not everyone's going to get completely rugged by USD. Will, you're talking about the crypto industry, the Bitcoin industry happening in an orderly fashion where things are calm, cool, and collective, and there's no volatility, yeah. there's no drama, there's no issues. I, I mean, know, a lot to ask. Isn't this why? Isn't this why we Bitcoin is because we've got some sort of we're not right up here. I don't know, man. I don't know. There's just too much fun happening in this industry. I like this whole conversation. Go ahead, Zach. No, I mean he says it's sort of like you know you mentioned it's the biggest Twitter ad of all time. I mean Balaji himself is saying, hey, this is sort of an educational effort, right? You know, you got to get to Bitcoin, folks. Like this should catch your attention, and therefore maybe if it induces more people to at least consider this thing then maybe it's mission accomplished. Maybe it's a million dollars or $2 million well spent. I will throw in a quick note. I mean, I think in terms of the bet are to be paid in USDC. Let's hope that USDC is around for this to settle. I mean, should, you know, wow. should that fall under for, like future scrutiny? I'm not, fund, Zach. Not, I'm not trying to FUD USDC, but like, you know, regulatory capture is now real as we saw with Signature Bank. 
So something just, you know, just putting that in there, putting that in there in this story. Wow. Will, last thoughts to you though. Saying USDC FUD was last week, man. You gotta, you gotta leave it there. For news, we didn't really talk about that, right? Where the signature assets were sold off and they did not include crypto in the final ballot there. Blagi is really funding the banking sector. It's definitely something going on here. We have an alternative financial system. You cannot board even a small percentage of your assets into Bitcoin. And then maybe you have like a little upside there. Might go down, might go up. Who knows? Not financial advice, right, Wendy? Join Coindesk's Consensus 2023, the most important conversation in crypto and Web3, happening April 26th through 28th in Austin, Texas. Consensus is the industry's only event bringing together all sides of crypto, Web3, and the metaverse. Immerse yourself in all that blockchain technology has to offer creators, builders, founders, brand leaders, entrepreneurs, and more. Use code THEHASH to get 15% off your pass. Visit consensus.coindesk.com or check the link in the show notes. And welcome back to The Hash. Okay, we got to talk about Elizabeth Warren. She's back in the news. She does not like Jerome Powell. Let's cut to that clip here for a second. Pretty clear you don't have confidence in Jay Powell. Do you think the president should fire him? Look, my views on Jay Powell are well known at this point. He has had two jobs. Uh, One is to deal with monetary policy. One is to deal with regulation. He has failed at both. Right. Would you advise President Biden to replace him? Look, I I don't think he should be chairman of the Federal Reserve. I have said it as Mm -hmm. publicly as I know how to say it. I've said it to everyone. Some spicy takes from the Massachusetts senator. Jerome Powell has had a pretty tough tenure as head of the Federal Reserve. Even back during the Trump administration, there was a lot of pressure to remove him from his seat. Why? Well, because he has to follow a mandate, of course, that being lower interest rates and price stability. We need to increase interest rates in order to lower inflation. A lot of people are not liking that. And it's putting a lot of pressure on Americans, also putting a lot of pressure on our favorite crypto coins. Wendy, I want to throw this one over to you. This is actually a lot of rhetoric that Warren has said in the past, calling Jerome Powell a dangerous man at one point. So Wednesday, this is anything necessarily new. But in the midst of a banking crisis, I think we could see some more pressure and possibly a chain of the seat if it becomes acute enough. Well, this is the thing. Like, Elizabeth Warren has told blatant lies on Twitter, like blatant lies on Twitter, especially about crypto. And it's very problematic because she has such a big audience. And that kind of goes back to, you know, make sure if you have a large audience, you got to be careful what you say. Um, it's okay to give pr- perspective and opinion on something, but at the same time, she has sat there and she's lied. Should Jerome Powell be removed? I don't know. I personally don't think that I need somebody with a very expensive piece of paper telling me what to do with my money. I know how to budget my money properly. I don't think that they should have raised interest rates as rapidly as they did. It did hurt Americans. So I will agree with Elizabeth on that. But again, I also feel like a solution to this could be decreasing taxes, um, give Americans more money to take home. That would help stimulate the economy. So there's a lot of things that do need to be done. But at the same time, I don't think we need geriatrics in office um, or in charge of monetary policies that are so detached from reality. And I also think that public servants should be forced to make minimum wage. Zach. Ooh, ooh, I don't know. I got, no, I got nothing. I got nothing on that. I mean, hey, wow, that's like a whole, that's like the three-point plan. The Wendy O campaign just kicked off right there. So I got... <laughs> I got, I got nothing. I got no, I got no established talking points on this one. It is funny to see them feud and to have this beef, but it's not especially new. Like, you know, Liz Warren has been saying stuff like this for a while in various channels, platforms, and elsewhere. But Will, what do you thought? 
Yeah, just to Winnie's point, I mean, I think if you're on Twitter and have a large account, you're not lying, then you're probably using Twitter incorrectly. But I just want to fact check myself really quickly here. For the most part, for the dual mandate of the Fed, the purpose is to keep prices stable and maximum employment, as opposed to keeping uh, in the inflation level solid. And we've seen like a lot of trouble with that, right? The Fed has had a hard time keeping that dual mandate alive. The employment rate has been something to watch for quite a while, right? They've been trying to increase the employment rate, just like we've talked about in the hash time and time again, the unemployment rate. And that's been really hard to move up from around its 3 to 4% level for whatever reason. The Fed is still trying to figure that out actually itself. And they're going to keep increasing interest rates. We're expecting possibly another increase this week in order to increase the unemployment rate. And I think they're going to keep pushing on that. And what you're going to see with politicians who are getting calls from constituents back home saying, hey, you know, I'm, uh, this is making me uncomfortable. Inflation is really biting into me. They're going to be calling more into the Fed. There's going to be more pressure on Jerome Powell. I think we're just going to see this increase, like more rhetoric between these different government bodies against each other. In the backdrop, we got Bitcoin going up. So it's kind of a nice little fight right here. Zach, I'll throw it to you as we go to the next story. Yeah, just a quick thought. I mean, at its core, it's like, look how politicized money is or is becoming, right? I don't think this is necessarily new that money is a political, I don't know, tool, bludgeon, you name it. But you see these fights unfolding in a very political way. And you see, I think, the blowback, especially as it relates to the crypto industry with this whole debanking crisis that we're going on, that we're seeing with, you know, with, with SVB, with Signature, with Silvergate. It is really fascinating to hear, you know, you've long heard about how political money is being an issue, right? And that's what Bitcoin presents. It presents sort of a neutral alternative to these political spats that we see ensnaring even Fed chairs. Anyway, big thoughts. Let's change gears. Let's go to the other Warren first. It was Liz. Now it's Mr. Buffett. Warren Buffett, the Oracle of Omaha, out here in contact with the Biden administration on maybe helping out with the ongoing banking crisis. I think I saw some people were kind of tracking like private jets in and out of Omaha to various regional banks over the weekend as well. That was an interesting development on crypto Twitter. But obviously, Warren Buffett is being asked by maybe both sides of the aisle here, one being the banking sector and one being the political apparatus to lend a hand and potentially to get some deals done that could benefit his Berkshire Hathaway empire. Anyway, interesting thing here that Warren Buffett is in talks with the Biden administration. I'm going to toss this to Wendy, who is sighing very loudly. I think she has some thoughts on this one. And maybe <laughs> Conflict some of interest, anyone? Conflict of interest? Isn't this what kind of got us in the predicament that we're in is everybody's in each other's pockets, giving each other advice, saying, hey, you should do this. Hey, you should do that. And not disclosing that they're in partnership with XYZ or doing whatever it is. Again, it's just a bunch of ivory towers that are making choices for the American people. Yes, Warren has done well. He's wealthy. Good for him. Congratulations. But at the same time, I will repeat this. These people are so detached from actual reality. They are so detached from the underdogs. They're detached from the poor, lower middle class, middle class, and even upper middle class that it's becoming ridiculous. Like all of the tax increases that we're seeing, all of these bailouts we're seeing, all of the predatory practices from the banks that we're seeing, it's all impacting the taxpayers. It's impacting us. And it's just getting really ridiculous and so tiresome at this point. Like, Honestly, I really don't care what Warren has to say. He is so outdated. Let's get some new, fresh minds in here. Let's see how that we can fix this. I don't know. Maybe DeFi can fix what's happening with the current banking industry. All I know is that banks are not required to show proof of reserves. We simply have to trust them. But crypto exchanges are now starting to do that. And it's all on chain to verify. 
let's go ahead and merge banks over into the crypto industry and make them show proof of reserve so we know exactly what is happening when it is happening in real time. Well, I kind of like how Zach brought up the airplane tracker. That's making me think like on-chain whale alerts is very similar to like <laughs> us tracking airplanes for billionaires flying in and out of Omaha. It's like a, a weird similarity there, but just track versus like on-chain stuff. But to your point, Wendy, like I think this is like another sign of centralization in the banking sector. There's a lot of people concerned about commercial banks and smaller banks, like your regional banks, having issues with depositors. If I'm a depositor with over 250K that, on, over that insurance level from the FDIC, or if a bank doesn't have an insurance policy that's greater than that, well, then it makes sense for me to go somewhere else where I know that my banking deposits are going to be secure. Like it's a very simple line of logic. I don't think there's like a, a lot that needs to be explained there. If I can be safe with my money somewhere else, I'm going to move it somewhere else. And that's what's going to occur. The downside, of course, is like all these commercial banks, these retail banks, these mom and pop banks exist all over the United States that service small businesses, that service little services, that service farmers, that service small communities. They're going to disappear if their depositors disappear. So if we have centralization in the banking sector, then we really do lose this entire credit creation process in the United States. We see entrepreneurship die off. We see businesses die off. It's going to become a lot less beneficial to the average person who's trying to open up a bank account. It's going to be very hard to get JP Morgan on the phone to uh, you know, fix your $50 issue. So I see that happening if we continue to move down this line. And that's really why the Biden administration is calling up Warren Buffett and calling up others in the banking sector because they don't want that to happen either, right? And they're trying to fix it with the tools they have on hand. Unfortunately, the problem is a lot deeper. The root of the issue resides in the dollar and the systems that we've had for 20, 30, 40 years doesn't really reside in Omaha and the fix definitely does not reside in Omaha. So we'll see what happens there. But I don't know. I kind of like seeing Warren Buffett in the headlines again here. Zach, thoughts? What if like Warren Buffett is like the Tradify equivalent of Justin Sun, right? It's like, you know, something something <laughs> happens. And it's I like, went to that lunch, by the way, Warren for that Buff- dinner. You, you were there? Oh man, I, I got to go, but they were both, yeah. both of them weren't there. So they sent a bunch of us out there. It was really fun. I ate some good food and drank really <laughs> delicious wine. That was the famous, kid, the famous mm-hmm. Kidney Stones episode for, for, oh, for those scoring at home. It is funny to see Warren Buffett involved here. And I think it makes sense, I guess, from a political calculus, right? If you're really scared about taxpayer money being involved to backstop the financial system, then yeah, you probably want to call in some potential favors from Warren Buffett <laughs> and other gigabillionaires who can step in and maybe profit without exposing taxpayers to some of the downside. It's definitely somewhat self-interested. There's definitely potentially some conflicts there. But hey, this is just a report from Bloomberg at present. We'll see what materializes. But Wendy, what do you think? So are they like having Warren go in to consult because he knows how to use all the tax loopholes and basically pay no taxes? I mean, he's done it before. He's done, I don't, know about, I don't think that's specifically it, but he's done stuff like this before with B of A, with other people following the 2008 financial crisis. So he is sort of that, you know, the private, the private answer to what otherwise So you have like a 102-year-old geriatric guy in there giving financial advice that is so like hip so he hasn't missed yet he hasn't missed yet charlie or not he has not missed shout out rat poison squared all right that's it wow we went from bitcoin pumping to rat poison squared the munger (laughs) buffett party it's amazing we covered it all today guys congrats well done you've been listening to the hash on the coindesk podcast network we would like to hear from you If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to us at podcasts at coindesk.com, subject line, The Hash, or leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening.